Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon. You must be talking about right brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed and real wood smoke, real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try right brand bacon. That's called right brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday. We'll check in with the Lakers coming up. Do they have a head coach in mind? That'll be coming up in about 20 minutes from now. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock and our radio affiliates around the country. Um, there is a documentary on Derek Jeter. I don't know when that documentary airs. It's called Captain. Do you have a, a, a date with that, a release date on the Derek Jeter documentary? And is that with the mothership? I know that Derek Jeter is involved with that. Now, there's certain documentaries where you go, hmm, okay, that's an interesting topic, subject. With Derek Jeter, I don't know how salacious this is going to be. Like, what don't... What don't we know about Derek Jeter when it comes to a documentary? I mean, it might just be, let's open up the Yankee scrapbook and take a stroll down memory lane and revisit all those great moments and big hits that he had, World Series titles, diving into the stands and coming out with a bloodied face. Yeah, Paul. It's a multi-part documentary. They didn't say how many parts, but multi-part. Uh, July to ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. Wait, what would be the huge thing he overcame? that we, Maybe we don't know about it. Playing with Der- or, uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Maybe that's the hardest thing for him. I'm trying to think, unless, you know, something in his childhood, but I, I was just kind of surprised that with uh, a lot of the topics that are featured on documentaries, that you know that there's something attached to it. Uh, there's a darker side to it. Uh, he wants to give his side of the story, but I don't know if I would say, wow, can't let's say you're not a Yankee fan. Are you interested in Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter. And if you're a fan, you know everything about him. Yes, uh, Seton. Yeah, like what is that one moment that you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see the behind the scenes of what really happened here. Yeah. You know, I just had A-Rod coming over. I mean, that's. Mm. Yes, it, it, yes, Paul. When Jeter overcame that season where he hit only 292. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. 
that season when he only dated two swimsuit models. Right. How did he get through? A career low. Yeah. They actually take you inside how more, much more severe the cheek injury was when oh. he dove into the oh. crowd. You know, that was actually a lot worse than people thought it was. It's, <laughs> yeah. did it get almost stitches there? He could have lost his life. And I'm not making fun of Jeter. It's the coverage of Jeter. And he had an unbelievable career. But I don't know that, unless you're just saying to Yankee fans, hey, here you go. Just just watch. You know, what I loved about, you know, the, uh, the last dance is there was drama with Jordan. And Jordan commenting, you know, nowadays about what happened. And the feud that still goes on with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and that he manufactured these uh, rivalries. Yes, Marv. I was going to say, do we talk about a... Mariah Carey still won the 96 World Series, even after that tough breakup. Yeah. Like, that's probably the most interesting part about him, that we didn't really delve into that part. But if they get the women that he dated to talk about it. Maybe a 12-part documentary. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be the last dances. Yeah, it's like, right, Brady's is all of his Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Jeter's is just his girlfriends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this season when I was dating, uh, you know, Jordana Brewster, I actually hit Mm. pretty well at 320. Yeah. Yeah, I went in a slump when Scarlett Johansson left me. (laughs) Yes, Todd. Best and worst thing that were in the gift baskets. I'd be interested to to watch that. What did they find flattering and what not so much that he put that in there? Now, that would be, if they address that, okay, I'd, I'd be interested to know if, if Jeets actually had a gift basket that he would give to his, uh, the women he dated and an autographed baseball. Uh, <laughs> yes, Paulie. Like Michael Jordan's, they talked about gambling, and in Jeter's, they'll be like, he once went to Vegas and considered <laughs> putting 20 on red. He thought better of it. Uh, no, he would put it on two, his number. Oh. Derek Jeter. Bloop. Thank you, Tom. Just one. Just that, one. Just yeah. one? Actually, bloop two because it's okay. two. Okay. Jeter's two. You Thank get you. Two. Thank you. Yeah, I'm waiting for what uh, what the topics are with Jeets. And it's and it's multi? Multi-part documentary. Okay. That's the new thing after what the, the Jordan documentary. Okay. In July. So what, All-Star break? Yeah. Dominate the news cycle. <laughs> Will Derek Jeter dominate the news cycle? Thank God for Jordan during pandemic, mm. you know, that they moved that up and all of a sudden we had things to talk about. Uh, and thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. Gave us some great programming all those years. Uh, let's see. I saw this. The irons and wedges Tiger Woods used to complete the Tiger Slam back in 2000, 2001 sold at an auction, and the bidding, uh, to say the least, exceeded expectations. So they started with an opening bid of $25,000 on March 23rd. The bidding, Saturday night, ended up at $5,156,000. Now, he used these clubs for all four of the majors. The Tigers Slam, the U.S. Open, then the Open Championship, PGA, and then the 2001 Masters. Then he switched to a new set of clubs after the Masters. He gave these clubs to a couple of guys who worked for Titleist, (laughs) and then those guys sold it. I think they had it um, until 2010, and they sold for around $50,000. And then whoever bought it then just put it up, and a... uh, Let's see. 
First time the clubs uh, were sold uh, was uh, 2010. A private equity investor paid $57,000 for that group. That's almost 10 times. $5 million. I know one of the guys who uh, worked at Titleist, Steve Mata. But, uh, man, that's a pretty good investment. They had a polygraph test, a copy of a Golf Week magazine article which detailed the exact specs of Tiger's clubs used to win the PGA Championship. The article perfectly matches the description of the clubs, including a 58-degree wedge being bent to 56 degrees. Prior to this, the most expensive piece of golf memorabilia ever sold. It it sold for $680,000. It sold in 2013. Yes, Pauline? The plaid pants that Jack Nicholas wore to win the 86 Masters? No. I would pay that. I remember asking Jack Nicholas about the putter because, you know, he he makes that putt and he holds it up and he said that he had it in the garage and he he didn't know where it was. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where it is. Horton Smith's green jacket from the first Masters had the record for the most expensive piece of golf memorabilia. It was sold in 2013 for $682,000. Yeah, Paul. There are some, I wouldn't call them reports, but scuttlebutt out there that the Tiger Woods four major iron set is not the actual iron set. People have speculated, not reported, that Tiger would never just give those back to some people and that he still has the OGs. Mm. Again, scuttlebutt. Mm. And we actually reached out to Tiger's agent, which I'm sure we'll get a timely (laughs) response to. No, maybe we'll get Tiger. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) But we asked him, can you confirm that the irons that were sold for $5 million are the ones from the four majors. My reputation precedes me because I was having a drink with some, some guys, and uh, they said, uh, I'm assuming uh, you'll have Tiger on this week. And I go, uh, not Tiger Woods, but uh, you know, maybe there's another Tiger out there. Maybe somebody from the Detroit Tigers I'll have on. But I'd probably have a better chance getting an actual Tiger on, on the show than Tiger Woods. But they were like, uh, assuming you'll have Tiger on the show. I said, well, I, I would, but we're, we're, we won't be having Tiger Woods. Yeah, he doesn't do that stuff. Nah, not too much. Yeah, Paul. Do your relatives do that to you, give you ideas for the show? Like, yes. My brother-in-law goes, did you guys hear what's going on with the Lakers? You guys should have LeBron on. Have you thought about having LeBron on? I'm like, and I'm sitting there with my fork in my hand going, hmm. <laughs> The USFL makes history with a special opening night. Birmingham Stallions face the New Jersey Generals. USFL kicks off Saturday, 7.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Dave in Arkansas. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind today? Hey, come on me, Pittsburgh, Dave. <laughs> and I've got a question. All right. And maybe one of these irons made one of these shots. I want to know if you think are the golf announcers – are they overselling the difficulty of shots or are the players that good? Because so many times you'll hear, you know, Johnny Miller or, or, or one of them, they'll say, oh, there's no way he gets this within 10 feet. I mean, if he gets this within 15 feet, he's made an incredible shot. And then they, they just go up and knock it up and it's tap in. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I think that they're there to celebrate the game. I think that they – Ken Venturi used to do this. He used to be Jim Nance's partner. And he would always say, 
Jimmy, I, I don't know what he's doing. There, He shouldn't be going the green here. And then he would go for the green, and then, you know, somebody would hit a great shot. But, you know, degree of difficulty varies with generation to generation. I mean, there. I'll go back to Pete Sampras talking about how great Roger Federer is. And Pete Sampras is one of the great players of all time. And he says he actually completes shots, hits shots, that I, I wouldn't even think of hitting. You get that creativity there, and it's just different because you build off the previous generation. And here's Pete Sampras saying, I wouldn't even think to hit that shot. Federer hits the shot and hits a winner. Sean in Oregon. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, I, I hear about Derek Jeter uh, and his documentary. I want to hear what he knows about sign stealing. <laughs> I want to hear about what he knows about steroid use in the Yankees clubhouse. That's what I want to know. Well, you're not going to get those in the documentary. <laughs> just, just saying. How awesome would it be, though, if yeah. he was like, okay. Jeets, just go down the <laughs> list of guys. We're, I'm going to mention a name, and then you say yes or no on steroids. All right. Canseco? Yes. A-Rod? Yes. Then I would be interested in that. I don't know about sign stealing. I wonder how much they get into the era of era. him. Era. Where he's not even the best shortstop on his own team. Wow. <laughs> Remember when that was the... Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, oh. I know. <laughs> uh, what is this uh, new article on uh, Tiger's Irons you just sent me? Yeah, Dan, this is a 2014 article from Yahoo Sports in... Tiger Woods actually addressed those irons. Tiger Woods said the Titleist irons offered online for a minimum bid of two hundred fifty thousand. This is when they were sold the first time. Yeah, to that guy for fifty thousand. Um, he said those are not the ones he used to win four consecutive majors. He quote he may have my set of irons, but they're not from those tournaments. Tiger Woods said at the Players Championship in two thousand fourteen. They're in my garage. Woods said he used two sets of irons for the Tiger Slam, and both sets are in his garage. Steve Matta, who worked for Titleist at the time. Said, I did all his work on the tour when I'm a Titleist. We made up two sets. They are absolutely the right ones, and I stand by it. So Tiger was on the record about this eight years ago. Huh. So they made up two sets of irons, and... May, well, may, Tiger says he has both sets in his garage. Which well, I would. How much would you pay to see Tiger Woods' garage, by the way? Yeah, yeah legit. That'd be pretty good. Um... And then the Titleist employee says that Tiger knows I have them. I'm backing my story 100%. Okay. <laughs> he also said that I think he has autographs on the, uh, the major, the flags. Uh, let's see. He would offer for sale flags from the four successive majors that Tiger won. Um, okay. Well, I, I know this person, um, Steve Mata at Titleist, but we did reach out to Tiger's agent just to, I'm curious. I, I would be shocked if Tiger said, here, take these irons. You know, knowing the historical significance of those irons, that you would not be giving those away. You might give away the other set, but that's that's your backup. You no, you can't because you know Tiger's got a, a restaurant down in uh, West Palm, 
and uh, I was in there a few months back. There's a lot of memorabilia in there, and you would think that you would keep that, you know, put it in a display case, not be giving it to somebody. Yeah, Paul. Uh, supposedly, the title, former Titleist employees took a lie detector test to help verify <laughs> these. I mean, yeah, polygraph tests to help verify. Now, them believing those are Tigers clubs, that's how you beat the, t- that's that how you beat the lie detector. <laughs> you could beat a lie detector test. Yeah. So if you firmly believe, yes. you just keep telling yourself. You got 5.1 million reasons to believe that yes. those are Tigers clubs. Yes. Uh, Michael in Austin. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm a longtime listener. I'm actually driving from Austin to Seattle to deliver a vehicle for a West Point cadet. But uh, I used to go to the Masters every year. I did all the hospitality for R.J. Reynolds. So we would rent five houses over at Jones Creek. I don't know if you're familiar with I, that. I, I do know that area. Okay, well, we, we would play that shotgun. And then, you know, in the old days, you could get Monday, Tuesday tickets for like $5 on Monday, $10 on Tuesday, and Wednesday was 15 And, of course, you, we would buy badges for all, all our – and I, ne- I never paid more than – I think at one time I had to pay $2,300 for one badge, but I had to have like 30 badges in hand. And uh, we had Charlie Cootie would live in one of our, our five houses, and he would take everybody down Magnolia Way. And yesterday you were talking about the, uh, you know, in the old days, the, uh, the place where you bought all your memorabilia wasn't as big as a 7-Eleven. Now it's as big as a Kmart. Yes, yeah, and I have something that you might like for the man cave. Okay. I have a 30 by 48, uh, a large picture, early uh, 2021 autograph of Tiger Woods, surrounded by all four programs from the Tiger Slam. And then underneath that are all four of the buttons that the you know each player gets a button that he wears generally on his belt or on his right on his pants or on some aware of them on the label of, or lapel of their shirt. And I'm just wondering if that's something you would like for your man cave. Well, I would love to have it, Michael, but uh, I would feel guilty taking that from you. You'd probably want to leave that to, you know, somebody in your family. Well, I, like I said, I, I would go there. You know, in the old days, there, there was no pine, pine needles. You know, it was all, it, all just grass. You know, and I remember one year where they had 52 pine trees come down overnight. And by the time they woke up the next morning, everything was cleaned up because they have a, a greenskeeper for every single hole. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, attention to detail there. But, uh, Michael, if, if you if you want to send it, then uh, we'll, we'll be uh, happy to display it. Yes, Marv? DP, I feel less guilty. Oh, you do. You would take it? Yeah. No, we'd find a spot for it. We appreciate that. Um, we'll take a break. We'll check in on the Lakers. Uh, we're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Spring 22 has landed at Link Soul, and it looks and feels incredible. I had a, a, a hoodie on today when I came in. It's the same exact hoodie as Seton has. And, uh, and then I changed it. You know, I have a, a DP show. I was a little disappointed, actually. Well, so was Paulie. Paulie goes, what are, what are you doing? I go... I, I was going to change out of this. That would have been good content. I know. He goes, no, I was going to make fun of you and Seton. You both have the same hoodie on. It was the first thing he said to me this morning. When he said, same hoodie. <laughs> I know. And I, 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 you got to stop this. Oh, there's no way I can. I know. But it's ingrained. Um, 
You're going to see the uh, great clothes that, well, we wear it every day. Same Link's teal old. shaded hoodie. Yes, it is. You, yes, it is. Slight stone teal. Makes my eyes pop. Uh, you're going to love these clothes as much as we do and get 15% off your first order, free shipping. And just uh, tell them that we sent you. Go to linksoul.com. See the entire spring line. L-I-N-K-S-O-U-L.com. Linksoul.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well... 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. It's about a half hour ago. Paulie said uh, this tweet certainly is interesting. Sam Amick, The Athletic. Uh, said uh, LeBron James would uh, be, quote, very enthused at the possibility of the Lakers hiring Mark Jackson as head coach. I did reach out to Mark Jackson about uh, 15 minutes ago, and I said, Lakers, question mark? And then Mark said, "Uh, my phone hasn't been ringing. That was it. A non-denial denial. denial. Sam Amick, the uh, athletic reporter, joining us on the program. Uh, explain your conversation, uh, if you can. Uh, when did you have one with LeBron, and uh, what came out of that? Good morning, Dan. Always great to be with you. Um, so he had his exit interview with the media in L.A. yesterday, 9 a.m. Uh, he wanted to get it out of the way early, which I found fascinating. Everybody else went in the afternoon. LeBron had regular life to get back to, so he jumped on Zoom Uh I, I was not there in person, so I jumped on and, and asked him specifically about the messiness of the Vogel firing and whether or not the lack of professionalism bothered him at all. So that was the uh, that was the dialogue with him yesterday. And then, like you said on, on the intro here, uh, you know, a lot more information in the column itself. Okay, but what did he say about the professionalism of the, uh, the organization, how they, <laughs> they handled uh, Frank Vogel? I mean, like I wrote, so it's like, to me, and, and the, the short version was translated in my mind as I just work here. You know what I mean? Which is obviously not the case, but he kind of had a, a, a vibe about him of he went through this whole thing. It's just like, Sam, you know, I knew uh, when I was talking to you all this morning, so I got up extra early so I could take my daughter to school, dropped her off at school, came down, and he went through this whole thing about his day, and he, and he said I was three minutes late to talk to you guys. I apologize. You know, he was talking to his, his media advisor, Adam Mendelson on the side before jumping on zoom. And, uh, and so at the end of it, he just essentially said, you can't control uh, how, you know, people feel about the way you, you handle your business. It kind of, it is what it is essentially. And it wasn't, to me, it wasn't dismissive of Frank at all. It was just another example of a LeBron kind of looking around in Lakerland and saying, I'm not going to be held accountable for all the the weirdness that occasionally happens around here. What did Frank Vogel do or not do that cost him his job? I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, the obvious is just not win ball games. I think it's as simple as that. And then, because he didn't, in my opinion, if you you know, you could argue that he he he, you know, you hear the adage of just you you lost your players. I don't think it's that simple because there was not acrimony between Frank and his players, other than, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook. 
Um, you know, and I think that, that Frank tried his best to make the Westbrook situation work. But, you know, this was a disastrous season for a team that, you know, that Vegas had winning the whole thing, I believe, going into the season. So um, it's just that. And, and really, I think it's also a lack of connectivity uh, between Frank and the front office that I would put on the front office. That You know, Rob Palenka is – it's an interesting time to be robbed because when he won the championship and, and after the Magic Johnson experience, it was obviously all over the headlines. Like it, winning it all masked a lot of the kind of internal dysfunction that I think was there the entire time. Um, and now we are seeing it kind of rear its head again. So to your question about Frank, I just think it's, it's the accountability question. They lost ball games. You're not going to fire LeBron and say, hey, you wanted Russ, so you're out of here. That doesn't happen. Um, And then Rob is kind of, you know, in my opinion, mostly wiping his hands of this, even though he built the roster. Uh, And so Frank ends up being the fall guy. Yeah, I just wonder about this, the the, uh, disconnect with Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel, that how was Frank supposed to use Russell Westbrook that he didn't use him in that way? I mean, he did play the most minutes, and he did play 78 games, so Russ was on yeah. the floor more than anybody else. He was. Uh, to me, it's just it's a painful um, process when elite, hall, you know, future Hall of Fame players have to come to grips with the fact that they're just in a different stage. And, you know, there's been, I think, apt comparisons made between Russ and Allen Iverson. Um, you know, hopefully he has a, a kind of a, a better exit than Allen did when, you know, he's in Memphis and Detroit. Um, but that's where Russ is, is this question of like, he, I, I, he talked a lot about sacrifice yesterday. And I do understand that he made some with this team, but I think deep down, he still gets up in the morning feeling like he can be Russell Westbrook, the guy who averaged triple double, however many times and former MVP. And so, you know, he's not ready to let that go. Um, and more importantly, even if he is, that's what's always made him great. And we have not seen some kind of watered down version of his, his game where you see an evolution to where he can be an impact player off the ball defensively, you know, doing the little things that that profile has never existed. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I just think if you're Frank, you're, you're sitting there shaking your head like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah, because you have a player who still thinks he's Russell Westbrook of seven years ago, and you can't change him at 34. He still can't shoot. Um, he has it, – it's almost like his body and his mind work really fast, but they don't always work in unison. And that, that he – and I love the effort that he gives. It's just sometimes it's the effort that gets him in trouble. And I don't know if you're going to – I'm going to get LeBron at, at uh, season 20. I get Westbrook. I guess I get Anthony Davis. And then what else am I getting? Is this an attractive job? Right. Absolutely. Uh, and you're not alone, by the way, with your analysis of his mind and body, you know, just kind of having a bit of a, a, a sink problem there, if you will. It's, you know, we, we saw that moment courtside in the regular season when Shaq uh, kind of chirped at him a little bit to tell him to slow down. Um, there's some people with the Lakers who have tried to, to find solutions here with, with that kind of mentality of, you know, how do we get the best out of Russ? And, and I'm dying to see going forward 
I mean, I know everybody assumes he's going to get traded. I don't know if it's going to be as easy as people think. So, you know, for all I know, I mean, maybe they end up having to run it back and, and, and talk him into being a sixth man. I mean, it's unlikely, but um, it, it was an uncomfortable year. And on a human level, at times, I did feel bad for Russ because we can all at least appreciate the idea that he grew up in the city, comes back, thinks it's going to be, you know, the stuff of childhood dreams, and, and, and he becomes kind of the poster boy for one of the, the most infamous teams probably in league history. How did the name Mark Jackson come up with your conversation with LeBron? No, that was, uh, to, you know, and you know how our jobs are. That was reporting um, that I will just say, you know, was confidently gleaned that, that he would give a big thumbs up to Mark. That was not part of the Zoom conversation. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was uh, you know, that was relayed to me. I will say, though, it's, it's you know, this the politics of this league, oh, it never ceases to amaze me. It's <laughs> like he, the, there is a, a, an understandable uh, desire from, you know, his side and his camp to, you know, they're very sensitive to the idea that, that, that he's pulling the strings with the Lakers. And I think that makes some really good points. So like on the Mark Jackson front, I tried to write it as accurately and delicately as possible. He just would, he would give a big thumbs up if they hired Mark Jackson. That's not me saying he's internally pushing for Mark and saying Mark Jackson or else, because LeBron knows that, that, you know, the second that he does that, yeah. it becomes a story. And, and we all know that he did push for the Westbrook trade. And now that's partly on his unofficial kind of GM resume. So it's, it's Mark is a guy, I mean, Mark's got a ton of superstar support in this league. And so the longer he doesn't have a head coaching job, I think this kind of noise will only get louder. Um, but in terms of LeBron and AD, and the makeup of this locker room, the way it was relayed to me is that they, they would react well to somebody like Mark who could command the room and you know come in with the respect of the stars and role players alike, and that, uh, that LeBron's not alone. There's quite a few guys that think that would be a good – excuse me, a good fit. Yeah, but it, it, I've always got this feeling, and I'm friends with Mark, and uh, you know we've had conversations of why he's not getting another job. It feels like the players – are all in, it doesn't feel like the front office is all in with Mark Jackson. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I would. Um, to that point, I found it somewhat fascinating. You know, I, I wrote the story, our, our place published it this morning, and they found a picture of Mark Jackson talking to Rob Palenka. And, and that picture in and of itself made me wonder, like, I don't know the exact state of that relationship. That is the sort of thing, you know, that would matter. Um, the, the backstory, though, as you know, is one that is, you know, it's probably uh, needs more time to be analyzed. But, I mean, his, his Warriors exit was, was messy. Um, you know, I think that Joe Lacob and that group um, were frustrated with him at that time to a point where, you know, parts of that experience stuck with him as he left in terms of his reputation. Um, and, and there's other stuff, too. I mean, you know. There's you know, the Jason Collins or Jaron Collins comments, rather, that, that uh, you know, are tough to get away from in today's climate. Uh, and I think, like, I mean, everybody's made mistakes. So every candidate these days is going to have stuff to work through uh, with the organization that they're possibly going to work with. And I will say, though, this is the first time for me in a while where you're starting to feel like the groundswell with Mark 
might tip a bit to where you navigate those waters and, and, and eventually see him on a sideline again. Well, those pe- players better be ready because Mark is a hard-nosed guy, a no-nonsense oh, yeah. guy. He, I don't know if he's a player's coach, but he, he, demands, he demands, you know, accountability. I'll say this much quickly, though, Dan, on that front. Um, one of the driving forces, I think, in terms of his reputation being in good shape with players now is that publicly, privately, if, if you go at a Steph Curry, a Draymond Green, a Clay Thompson, guys that he was obviously sharing the room with for years, they continue to, to speak highly of the, the impact he had on them and the way that he kind of set the tone for what they accomplished once he was gone. So um, that kind of stuff matters a great deal. And, uh, and, and again, there's a lot of support from Mark. Sam, great job. It's great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us on short notice. You got it. Thank you, Dan. All right. Sam Amick, the uh, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. Uh, I did reach out to Mark Jackson, and uh, I just said Lakers question mark, and then he said uh, his phone has not been ringing. <laughs> no. It might, but even if it had, Mark's not going to tip his hand here. Because he's had opportunities, or he thought he had opportunities, and it didn't pan out. But he did do a great job with Golden State. Now, when they they had Steph and they had Clay, uh, Draymond Green, you know, they the nucleus was there. It just it kind of unraveled quickly for Mark. Yeah, Paul. This might be very obvious, but if you're Mark Jackson, who has a really nice media job, yes, a prime media job, that's you can't really get it back. You can get media jobs again. If the Lakers called and offered, do you yes. even consider not taking it? No, you take that job. Because it's the Lakers. Yeah, it's like the Cowboys. You know, it might not be ideal or the Yankees. That it's still, you're coaching the Lakers. And he's been trying to get back into coaching. I know that he has, you know, his, uh, his church and the importance of that. But to be in Los Angeles and be able to coach the Lakers and be able to coach LeBron, yeah, I I. Couldn't see him turning that down. You know, the, he does have a great job that he gets to do the the NBA finals. He gets to do the playoffs for the mothership. But it doesn't have that same feel as doing Monday night football or Sunday night football. You know, he, he's got a great relationship with Jeff Van Gundy, and Mike Breen does a great job as well. It's a great team. I just think if you get this opportunity, now you get a chance to show people, hey, I can coach. I should have still been coaching. Yeah, Paul. I wonder, though, if guys like um, John Gruden wishes he was still at Monday Night Football. That was a prime job he was making. He was the highest paid ESPN employee at the time. He could have stayed at Monday Night Football probably for a night. He'd probably still be there. That was a good booth. Yeah, but you want to prove that you can still coach. You want to, yeah. you know, that. that's what, it's just a matter of time before they come back. All of those coaches that I worked with at ESPN, they were there, but they always wanted to get back. Denny Green, Marty Schottenheimer, Parcells. But they're always the outliers. You know, when Bill Cowher says, I'm done, and we think, no, he's going to come back. He'll coach the Jets or Giants. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy has been rumored to be coming back and coaching or trying to come back and coach. Yeah. Yes, he... Yeah, I mean, I would imagine for most broadcasters, say, like, would you rather be broadcasting uh, the playoffs or coaching in the playoffs? Yeah. Most, of, most of those coaches, I bet even those players who still, they just can't play anymore, but they would much rather be in the game than, than talking about it. 
Yeah, and I've I've talked to a couple of people who hold well held really important jobs in broadcasting, and they would say, you know, they wanted to go back into coaching or uh, you know being a player. And you just tell them that you might not get that opportunity again. And two of them went back into coaching um, and, and, and weren't successful when they went back. But, you know, I had a conversation with them after the fact. And they said, you know what? But this is what this is ha- who I am. I'm a coach. You know, I got to broadcast, but I'm a coach. And I understood that. It just, you know, if, if you let it go, it's not tethered to you. They move on quickly in this business. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And we'll be back on the Dan Patrick Show after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Final results of the poll question. What's in store tomorrow? What we learned this day in sports history and your phone calls as well. Casey in L.A. Hey, Casey. Hey, Casey. Hey, Dan. What's up, guys? Hey, man. You know, Dan, I've been a Laker fan since the first championship and so, or the first L.A. championship, 72. And, you know, the Lakers, this is not a one-year problem. The Lakers have missed the playoffs seven of the last nine years. Yeah. Um, you know, they have been dysfunctional for a long time, as he was talking about. And it, winning that championship in the bubble actually was fool's gold. It did three things. It made the media think the Lakers were now back to being a dynasty and start picking them to win everything again. It gave the fans the wrong expectation that the Lakers were set to go on a run, but it made ownership and management think that they knew what they were doing. Um, LeBron signed himself and Anthony Davis forced the trade. We saw all how Magic and Rob Lowe, I mean, Rob Palenka, uh, that drama blew up. Like, what is, why is, does Magic still work for the Lakers or not? Like, why are he still talking? Why is this? The Lakers always kept things in. But now the Lakers, I never thought in my lifetime that the Lakers would become the Clippers. But that's exactly what they've done. If the roles are reversed, and it's because, and I, again, I think Jeannie Buss is the nicest lady and sweetest, but she got thrust into this when Dr. Buss died. Yeah. Well, they, they would aspire to be the Clippers since the Clippers are in the playoffs right now. Um, yeah, you wonder, when, when, you, when you're hiring a coach and those that you passed on, like Monty Williams to me is one of the great coaches in the NBA. And I thought that he would be a great coach for them. Ty Lue wanted the job. Uh, Jason Kidd was on Frank Vogel's staff. You know, these coaches have all done really well in their, their new positions. They're in the playoffs. But, you know, is Mark Jackson the guy you're going to come in? And, uh, you know, you got LeBron in year 20. I got Westbrook. LeBron wants Westbrook, or at least he's saying that publicly. He may love him. Does he want to be a teammate of him? And what can you get for Russell Westbrook if you trade him? Anthony Davis can be great, just not consistently great. You know, but look at the rest of the roster. That's the problem I have with this. I didn't like Westbrook. I understood it, didn't like it. Um, and I thought that you still needed to fill this out. And, and they could have in a different way. Now, we can all look back and say, well, they should have gone for DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if anybody was objecting that vehemently. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they didn't get DeMar DeRozan. I mean, Rosen wasn't, DeMar DeRozan wasn't an all-star the previous three years in San Antonio. And then all of a sudden he had a, you know unbelievable year in Chicago. Buddy Heald I did like because you've got a guy who is a, is a specialist. 
And you need that in today's NBA because they don't have that. Uh, it's this. This won't be easy. And this isn't. See, this is where if you're LeBron, how how much longer do you want to play? If if it's sort of like this, that you don't know how good you're going to be, and you can't go out and get players because LeBron loves to trade in the young players' draft picks to get veteran players, and you can't do that right now. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie, one of my favorites in 1877, a catcher's mask was used in a baseball game for the first time. By James Alexander Tang. Soft. Soft. You know he got ripped on sports radio the next day. So here's the back story. This guy, Jim Tang, was a uh, pitcher and catcher at Harvard. And he wore the baseball, uh, wore the mask. His team manager, Fred Thayer, received a patent for the entire concept of a baseball catcher's mask after that. Mm. It didn't catch on in the pros until a few years later. Yeah, it was just recently that uh, they celebrated the anniversary of the first shin guards for a catcher. I can't imagine catching, not having shin guards, and not having a mask there. Mike, remember when goaltenders didn't have masks? Boy, I do. They were the they were Oh, God. It's always Jacques Plante. It always seems like that's the, that's the goalie you think of. Remember when goalies didn't have masks? Old, Jacques Plante. Old five-tooth Plante. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to think, too, that once masks were like sort of you know, put into hockey. I bet a lot of people were very unhappy about it. Like, what the heck is this? I can't see through this thing. Oh, what I are know. we even wearing this for? Yeah. It was also on this date, 1961. General MacArthur declined to become baseball commissioner. He would not have wore a mask. MacArthur? He, he would not. He would have had his helmet on. He'd gone into battle. Uh, let me see. Anything else in here? Um... 1992, Matt Young of the Red Sox throws a no-hitter, but loses to Cleveland 2-1. to one. Uh, Reggie in Mississippi. Hi, Reg. What's on your mind today? Man, uh, MacArthur, that's the guy with the pipe, right? Yeah. Uh, man, he wouldn't have wore a mask. <laughs> listen, listen, real quick, Dan. Um, uh, I'm anticipating this Jeter documentary to hear, to hear his account on the 2003 ALCS when they faced the Sox. And Don Zimmer whisper over to him and says, hey, I think I'm going to go out there and kick Pedro Martinez's ass. <laughs> and, and, and Jeter goes, go for it, Skip. You can totally take that guy. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Reggie. I, I I have no idea what kind of drama will be attached to Derek Jeter, but we're 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 trying to help the scriptwriters. We're we're trying to make it interesting here. Hey, and there's Derek Jeter, and I uh, won another World Series. Hey, Derek Jeter with uh, Minka Kelly. All right, they got a contract extension. I think the only drama that I I could think of would be when A Rod came to town. Uh, let's go around the room. What we learned on the program, Todd, what'd you learn today? You'd like to see a major league team go with an opposite strategy, get a bunch of fast guys to steal bases like those 85 Cardinals. Did. Yeah, I would like to see something like that. Uh, Seton O'Connor, what'd you learn? Harry and Alex Higgs got a good thing going. Yeah, it was great to talk to the brothers yeah. after playing at Augusta and wearing a Meat Friday shirt. Uh, Marv? Nick Wright's dad's gambling lesson backfired. <laughs> it made Nick want to gamble. Paulie? Somebody paid $5 million for Tiger Woods golf clubs from the Tiger Slam. He says they ain't them. Todd, what did I learn? LeBron reportedly be excited about the prospect of Mark Jackson coaching the Lakers. Grab McGuire's hybrid ceramic pre-wax prep. Newest member of their hybrid ceramic family. Easy to use. 
And that uh, paint looks great. It really pops. Back on the road, McGuire's Ceramic Made Easy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the phone calls, all the tweets. Talk to you tomorrow. One more item as we close out the show, Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. I sent something to Seton a couple of days ago. I saw where Lionel Messi's 2014 Panini Prism World Cup Gem Mint 10 card sells for $522,000. I also saw where a Ronaldo Panini card back in 2002, a 2002-2003 Panini, Cristiano Ronaldo sold for $218,000. See what's on sale now. Don't miss the special release of NFT, NFL, UFC prison packs. Share your cards in the public gallery. You can complete challenges to earn exclusive award cards and build a wish list for items that you love. Panini's public auctions on the site. You'll find the hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, the all-time greats. Panini instant NFTs as well. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Pack. Patrick Show. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go... You can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.